Ezekiel chapter 37 from verse 1 onwards. We're going to listen to the word of God prayerfully. We're going to listen to the word of God with um, understanding and with prayer. Tell the Lord, Lord, make the scriptures that you're releasing now to become part of my life. Let it just go into my spirit. Let me just take it in so that whatever this word can perform, may that perform in my life, Lord. So prayerfully read it. As you read it, God will illuminate his word in your spirit and God will illuminate your eyes also at the same time so that the word can become one with your spirit and then it'll do wonders in your life. So let's read from verse 1, Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 1 onwards. Okay, it's recording. Praise God. The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley. It was full of bones. Ezekiel 37 verse 1. The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley. And it was full of bones. Shall we pray? Please pray this prayer after me. Lord, open my eyes to see your truth. Lord, open my ears to hear your truth. Lord, open my mind to receive your truth. Lord, open my heart to keep your truth. Let me be a doer of your word and not a hearer only. Let me bring forth much fruit to the praise and glory of God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Speak, Lord. I will listen and obey. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Praise God. The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley. It was full of bones. Now, something is happening to Ezekiel the prophet. He was ministering in one part, but suddenly God is taking Ezekiel and he took him in the spirit and he brought him to a valley. Not any valley, but a valley full of dry bones. When you look at a valley full of dry bones, you know something terrible has happened in that place. Maybe a war or a pestilence. Something happened. It's basically a graveyard, so to speak. A valley full of dry bones. The only thing is, uh, it's not like a cemetery and nobody was even able to dig and bury any bodies there. So something devastating has taken place in that place. And the whole place is covered with dry bones. So... The picture is something has happened and something has happened a long time ago. Nobody's there, not even a whole skeletal system. This is completely disintegrated and disjoint pieces all over. Now in that valley, if you have so many bones and you have wind and you have sunshine, you have rain, all kinds of things happening there. Think about it. They all move from one place to the other. When the wind blows. So everything is not in the same place. It's all out of order. No perfect skeletal system like we see in a science laboratory. No. Everything is 
disjointed. It's old, it's dry, it's brittle, all over the place. Some animals would have scattered it, all kinds of things would have happened. God is bringing this prophet of God and he's placing him in this place, valley, full of dry bones. Just picture that. The situation is not a pleasant situation. It's not like Ezekiel is taken to a you know big crowd of people where Ezekiel is now charged by the Holy Spirit to deliver a big mighty sermon and big healing is taking place. No, this is just Ezekiel and God. That's it. Nobody to witness what is about to happen. The work of God in and through Ezekiel. If you're taking this message, if you're taking notes, this is what the Holy Spirit is giving right now. Write this down. The work of God in and through, put your name there, me. What God wants to do in and through your life. What God wants to do in and through your life. What God did through Ezekiel, God is able to do in and through you. And God wants to do in and through you. God has called you to be an extraordinary person, not to be an ordinary person. God has called you to do something. God has called you to be something. God has called you for greatness because you belong to the great king. God has called you to be his representative God has called you to become everything that he wants you to be, to be like Jesus, full of his love, full of his compassion and full of his power so that God can use your life like how he used the life of Ezekiel. In order for that to happen, something has to take place in your life. The hand of the Lord has to come upon you and the hand of the Lord has to bring you into his spirit. And then the hand of the Lord has to set you where God has to set you in order for God to use you. May the Lord speak to your hearts at this hour. God's hand has to come upon you. Now, God has been watching over Ezekiel and Ezekiel has been doing a glorious ministry. He's a prophet. God is already using him. But something had to happen in order for the transition from where he was to come to a valley in order for something else to take place. Something that never happened in his life to take place. Now, in order for God to do something in your life, God's hand has to carry you from where you are to place you where God wants to place you in order to perform that impossible thing in your life. Now, Ezekiel was a prophet. God raise him up and Ezekiel was somebody who heard from the Lord and God was using him as a prophet. In your situation, you have to focus on this part. The hand of the Lord upon you, whatever your name is, should bring you in the spirit and set you in the call of God where God wants you to be. See, there are seasons in God's people's lives where God will make you to do something that God wants you to do in order to bless you, in order to multiply you. Seasons. And then that season will change and God will take you from there and he will increase your territory. God will put more into your hands. He'll give you more strength and increase your capacity to do more. You become a greater blessing. It's like a little plant that bears 
fruit and then it grows and it bears more fruit and then it's pruned and it bears even more fruit so a tree becomes more and more useful during its period of growth god takes his people and he says you know what you can do what i did you can do the same but in order for us to do what jesus did in order for us to become what god wants us to be we need the hand of god to come upon us we need the lord to bring us out in the spirit whose spirit in the spirit of the lord the bible says not by might not by power but by the spirit of god the mountains can be brought down by the spirit of god whatever is impossible will become possible god is speaking to our hearts at this hour whatever your mountain is whatever your problem is whatever impossible situation that you may see in front of you god wants to do something in you and through you write this down god wants to do something in me and through me god wants to do something in me and through me now in order for that to happen god has to do something in my life for that the hand of the lord has to come upon our lives when god touches the life of a person everything begins to change if you look at genesis chapter 1 you will see how god created the heavens and the earth let's just go they just keep one hand on ezekiel 37 we're going to come back to it but the spirit of the lord wants me to take you to genesis chapter 1 so let's just go there for a minute and let's read from chapter 1 from verse 1 onwards genesis chapter 1 and i'm going to read from verse 1 onwards in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth someone asked this question to me a few days ago the bible says in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth that means did the lord create the earth without form and void no a lot of times in the bible the first sentence or the first verse is a topic sentence that means in one line it tells what the story is about what's going to happen beneath that So verse 1 is a topic sentence it just says in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth and this is how he created and verse 2 begins from there. So now when you look at verse 2 the verse over here talks about how the earth was. And we also see after that you know there's a message the Lord had me give I believe a week ago in the morning call how whatever was empty and dark and shapeless in order for the earth to become what it is today the spirit of the lord had to move over that earth without that it would have happened the spirit of the lord moved over hovered over the earth and then god spoke when god spoke when the words came the words we hear the word itself is jesus so we see the work of god the father god the son and god the holy spirit in creation our triune god created the heavens and the earth and this is how he did the spirit of god had to hover over the earth and then the father had to speak and the spoken words the lord jesus christ created everything now this is how he created we come here to verse 3 and now we see the stages of creation 
God could have done this. God could have said, no, the world come into being and everything could have appeared. Whatever he thought in his mind could have appeared, could have. But he did not do it that way. He chose to do it one day at a time. And day one, certain things he created. Day two, certain things he created. Day day three, certain things he created. Day four, certain things he created. Day five, certain things he created. Day six, certain things he created. Now, day seven was a day of rest because everything was done. I want to read these things before we go back to Ezekiel 37 because... The Spirit of the Lord wants me to do that, so we're just going to follow that. Let's read verse 3. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. So God spoke, and when God spoke, something happened. Now, the whole time, what's happening? The Spirit of the Lord is hovering over what God is speaking. See, when God speaks, the work of the Holy Spirit is important to take place, because our God is a triune God. So just the word by itself without the spirit of God is not going to do much. That's why many people read the Bible and they really don't understand. Many people, you know, many, you know, I, when I did my bachelor's here, uh, I had a, um, a psychology professor, a Jewish man who said, you know, in his teaching, he said, well, I've read the New Testament and the way he was speaking was he spoke very good about Apostle Paul, but you know what? He had no faith. In the Bible, his eyes were not opened because when he read, he read without the spirit of God expounding the scriptures to him. We need the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Without the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, the Bible will be just like another book. The spirit of God has to come and illuminate our eyes. You know, we have so much going on around us. But if our eyes are blind, we really cannot see what is in front of us. So many things that, you know, right in front of me. Now, on my desk, I have so many things there. But if I don't have vision, I can't see anything. Or if I don't have light, I won't be able to see anything because it'll, it's light that causes my eyes to be able to see also. So we need light and we need our eyes to work. Both are essential. Just like that, we need the Word of God and we need the Spirit of God, which is the breath of God that gives life to that Word in order for that Word to become flesh, which is the work of Christ in our lives to cause the miracle working God to take place in our soul, in our spirit man. God is speaking here. He said, let there be light. And there was light to understand the entire time. The spirit of God is hovering over the earth and God saw the light and it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. What did God do? He created light and he separated light from darkness and he called the light day and he called the night, the darkness night. So he made day and night by bringing light into the dark world. That's the first thing he did because without that, you can't really see anything. So light is essential even in our lives in order for us to be able to see spiritually, hear spiritually. We need the light of God. We need the spirit of God and we need the word of God. So what happens here? The first thing God did, he saw that and he was very happy about it. And he said, this is good. And then God goes here. Let's see verse six. Then God said, let there be firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. Thus God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament 
from the waters which were above the firmament, and it was so. And God called the firmament heaven, so the evening and the morning were the second day. So the second day, God is separating the water. He is putting the water above and water below, and he's doing his work of separation. And then God does day two. Day one is done. Day two is done. Now we see here, then God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together in one place and let the dry land appear. And so it was. And so what is happening now? Once this is done, day two is done. Day three, he's separating water from the dry land. Everything was mixed together before. He's separating that. And he's calling the dry land earth. Isn't that amazing? God is actually naming the very place that we live. We call earth. Who actually called it earth? God called it earth. And the gathering together of the waters, he called seas. God is naming these things, seas. God saw that it was good. So that's the third day. You look at it, this God who can do everything had a set order in his mind when it came to creation. And you look at the minute details of the heavens. Even now, the scientists are trying to understand the stars, understand the sky, understand the ocean, understand the things underneath the ocean. Nobody knows. After all these years of discovery, nobody knows everything that is there. Every day they're discovering new things. But our God created all of that. Imagine his power. Yet he loves us so much. Imagine how powerful he is and how loving he is. That's the perfect combination. And so we see God's work taking place one step at a time, one step at a time, one step at a time. What is the meaning of this? What does it do to your life? And what is it? How does it relate to my life? Whatever God is doing in your life, be thankful to God. Learn to appreciate what God is doing in your life. When you see something change, when you see something new is happening, learn to look at it in a positive way. When God created the heavens and the earth, when God created light, when God created the separation between night and day, and when God did the waters from the waters and he did all of that, when He God created the, the animals, the birds and all these things, and each day he's seeing that and he's creating trees and, you know, every tree that is created goes according to the seed and apple tree doesn't bear orange God just did everything so perfectly. Now with all of that, every single time he does something, he says, it is good. It is good. It is good. Think about this for a minute. You have a earth that looks really, really terrible looking. And God comes there and the spirit of God moves upon it. And God is speaking light into it because God has a plan now. He says, this is my plan. And this is how the earth is going to look. The finished product is going to be like this. And this, 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 you know, is going to happen. And these are things that are going to be there. So God has his design for the earth in his mind already. And this is all planned. And he's coming and executing that plan. Think about this. So when God comes and he speaks, now light has entered in. But you know what? Still, the earth has nothing. All the water and everything is all mixed up together. You know what most people would do in the situation? They'll come and say, oh, let there be light. Okay, light came. Now I see even more chaos with the light. Oh, boy. I have so much to do. What is that? Negative. 
Look at the mess over here. How much work? I don't even feel like doing it. It's so disturbing. See how the twist happens? You're not able to appreciate what has been accomplished. You miss out on the joy of what has been taken place just now, what God has given to you just now. When we keep looking at what is not done, we're going to miss out on what is done. If we keep looking at what we don't have, we're going to completely miss out on what we have. It's so important. God did not look at what was not done. He was looking at what was done and he was going by the plan he had in his hand. We have to be like that. We as God's people, it should be people who learn to appreciate what God does in our lives and he's doing in our lives. We need to praise him for that. We need to appreciate what God is doing in our lives and in the lives of others. And be like God. God said, it's good. It's good. It's good. Every time God is speaking positive things. We need to be people who speak positive things upon our spouse, upon our children, upon ourselves. There are people who always say that, you know, they'll do a little and then they'll say, well, I have so much to do. I can, you know, do anything good. What are you doing at that point? You're actually pronouncing a curse upon your own life. Don't do that. And people think it's funny to say, I'm dumb and stupid. Don't do that. Because every word that you say is very important because of the seeds that fall into your own spirit, into your own life, into your own mind, it's your own, into your own psychological area. You won't even know it'll take root because seeds are bound to grow. And if your heart and mind is a fertile ground for negative things, it'll actually produce negative fruit. So be like God. God is not a negative person. Our God is not a negative person. Our God sees the emptiness and he's about action. How do I make something negative into positive? And he speaks positive things. If you want to turn things around in your life, it is important for you to see the way God sees it. It's important for you to speak the way God speaks. Write this down. When you see a negative situation, how are you going to handle it? What outcome do you want? What is the expectation? Do you have an expectation? Do you want your situation to change? If you want your situation to change, write what you want. See how you want it to be changed. Go to God and speak words of faith over a situation. Go to God. That's the main thing. We're not God. Well, we can go to God. We can talk to Him. Have Him talk to your situation. And through His word, you speak to your situation so that your situation can change. If you speak negative things over a situation, you're watering negative seeds and you will reap negative fruits. You don't want that. So speak words of faith, words of blessed things over your spouse. Speak words of encouragement. When you see a little progress, be someone who will water that progress because you know what? That'll bear fruit. Never be someone who will just crush that by saying something when you look at the whole negative side. See, God, God had a whole bunch of negative things all over. The earth was chaotic. Water was everywhere. Even the dry ground was not even seen. Everything is all mixed up. But he had a vision. You need to have a vision for your life. You need to have a vision for your marriage. You need to have a vision for your children. You need to have a vision for your education. You have. You need to have a vision before you. God's vision. God's vision is God says, you shall be the head and not the tail. That's God's vision. 
You shall lend and not borrow. That's God's vision. You shall be above and not beneath. That's God's vision. You will be perfect like how God is perfect. That's God's vision for you. Be holy as God is holy. That's God's vision for you. Love one another just like how Jesus loved. That's God's vision for you. Keep all these things in front of you. Speak words of faith over yourself so that you can grow, so that you'll prosper, your mind will prosper, your body will prosper, your spirit will prosper. Speak words of faith and words of blessings over your spouse, so that your spouse will prosper, because you and your spouse are one. Speak words of faith over your children, so that their spirits, soul, bodies, and minds will prosper, because they are from you, they're part of you. Speak words of faith over everything that God has given to you, because those are blessings from God. You want all those to prosper. If you don't want the enemy to touch any one of those things, don't speak Satan's language. Satan's language is all negative. Satan's language is all doom and gloom. God's language is all blessings and prosperity. God speaks life where death is. Satan comes and speaks life. Satan comes and speaks death where life is. God speaks life where death is. Satan comes and speaks death where life is. So if we want to see life, we should refrain, refrain from words of death. You know, there are some people when they get frustrated, really frustrated, immediately they'll begin to speak words of death over themselves. I'm going to die. And when I die, you'll see what will happen. And, you know, you're going to be without me and you're going to be miserable. You know, they don't even realize that they're speaking death over themselves. That's not what you want to see. You want to see a situation changed. You want to see God work and raise you as a testimony, your family as a testimony, your children as a testimony. There are some people who say, I wish I die soon. I wish I die soon. Whether you say it really or say it to manipulate somebody, don't say it at all. Because those are words that will do great damage to you. Because without you knowing, it will cause death in your body. You won't even know. It is important to speak words of life. Don't speak death over anyone else either. Because what you sow, you will reap. It'll come right back to you. We as God's people should speak life, God's life over ourselves, over our children, over our spouse, over whatever we are doing. We want to see everything bear fruit. So even out of frustration, even no matter what happens, no matter how you feel, don't go by your feelings because Satan can really push you to say things. And that's where you have to stop yourself. When you feel like saying something, hold your mouth and say, I will not say this. And then the next best thing to do is say something opposite. That means when you feel like saying something bad, say something good. That's how you nail that serpent on his head. Because those are promptings and pushes that come from the enemy. God did something. When he did something, he did the first work of bringing about a change. But the rest were all chaotic. No tree, no fruits, no life, not no beauty, just light. But he saw that it was good. Keep your eyes on what is being done. See what God is doing in your children and thank God for it. And then focus on what needs to be done and pray for it. And thank God for what God is going to do. Don't have a negative outlook on any part of your life because you have God. If you have God, you are an overcomer. God will take that which is empty and he will fill it to the overflowing. God will take that which is shapeless and he'll give shape and beauty to it. God will take that which has no color and God will give the color 
that God sees fit there. He is the artist. He is the perfect artist. So when you think about God, God did things in stages many times. It just didn't happen like that. It happened in stages. And every time something happened, he looked at what happened and he said, this is good. Because his eyes were not on what needs to be done, but his eyes were on what was done. And he never saw what was not done as an impossible thing and get frustrated over it. But he saw what needs to be done as a project. And he said, this can be done. See, the outlook was positive. Be like God. So you look at all these things. You see how God is doing things in stages. And every time he did something, he said, it's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. So whatever God is doing in your life, when you see things happen in stages, be thankful to God for what God is doing. Appreciate what is taking place. Don't look at what's not done and get frustrated. Turn your eyes upon that which has been completed. Thank God for it and believe God for the rest. That's the key. God had faith when he did what he did and God had faith for what needed to be done. We need to appreciate God for what God has done and we need to thank God for what he has done and we need to have the same faith that we had for what was done first for what needs to be done next. In that way, you can live a life of praise. And through the process that God is taking you through, where step by step by step by step, God is working and doing something in your life, you will enjoy, you will thoroughly enjoy the process instead of the way Satan wants it to be. Make the blessing of God into a miserable thing. You don't want that. So, learn to live like God. Live a life of praise. Live a life of peace and joy and happiness. So you can read the rest of it. We're not going to continue with Genesis chapter 1. We're going to go back to Ezekiel 37. Let's go here. And I'm going to continue reading from here as the Spirit of the Lord wants me to. We're making the transition here. So let's just go to Ezekiel 37. Verse 1. So we see here, again, the same thing we saw in Genesis 1. In order for God to do a miracle, the Spirit of God has to move upon that which looks dead, that which looks empty, that which looks terrible. We need the Spirit of God to move. And that's what's happening here. The Spirit of God came and took Ezekiel and took him in the Spirit and he put him in the valley full of dry bones. And we see the Spirit of God's involvement here. The Holy Spirit is working. Now we see, we already saw the terrible condition here. So we're going to go to verse two. Then he caused me to pass by them all around and behold, there were very many in the open valley and indeed they were very dry. So you see the condition, just like there's a description of how the earth was in Genesis one. We have a description of this valley, how the valley looked, many bones and very dry hopeless condition a condition where there's no hope nothing to even believe even remotely something can be possible nothing this is the situation in your life if you're going through something like this know that 
If God takes you through it, then he is going to do something big in your life. As God has been speaking, he's promised that this year is a year of restoration. But God will restore to you what the enemy has stolen. God will restore to you. God will restore. And God has spoken very specific prophecy and promise for this year, the beginning of the year, on the 1st. And then the Lord spoke in February how the beginning of what God spoke on January 1 is taking place from February. And we've seen the mighty hand of God unfold in our lives. So you look at here, you see the impossible, you see this valley full of dry bones, but who is with Ezekiel? God is with Ezekiel. You look at your situation, impossible looking situation, if you have God by your side, God is going to do something. Think about this. All these bones represent People who once lived. People who once lived. Now, they're no more. Gone. No form, no shape, no nothing. Pieces, bits and pieces of brittle, dry bones. That's about it. For God to take that and restore it to where it was, not only where it was, to a state that is even better than before, it's the work of God. Only God can do it. And that's what God wants to do. What did God do with the earth? He took and he did a work on this earth. Brought it to a place where it was never there ever before. Totally new. That's what the word restoration is when it comes to God's people. It's not taking something that's lost and now you're recovering it. It's being put to a place where it was before. No. When God does restoration, he takes what is lost and he brings it to a place where it was never before. That means you lost something here. He takes it and he puts it all the way there. Supernatural work of God through the supernatural power of God by our supernatural God. His restoration is supernatural restoration. See, you lose something and you find, and when you find it, you're thankful to God. Oh, wow, you know, we got it, and now it's wet or it's, you know, cracked or it's scratched or something. Sometimes when you find it, the way it is, you're so happy. Oh, thank God, I got it. But God is very different. When he gives it to you, it comes with a completely new package, and it comes in a state where it was never before. This is the promise God is giving to you. Whatever is lost in your life, whatever is damaged, whatever looks like it has no life, whatever area looks like it's gone, there's no hope. God says, God will not only give you something that you're looking for, but he'll give you something that you have no idea of. Our God is full of surprises. He brings you to a place of restoration. He leads us in the paths of righteousness and he takes us to a place of restoration. There he restores us. And how he restores us? He restores us and he restores to us in a supernatural way. He restores us and he restores to us that which we've lost in a supernatural way. So now Ezekiel is having a clear picture of this valley. Wow. 
terrible, so sad, all these lives lost. And we don't even know whose bones these are. Sad, they didn't even have a funeral. Look at all these bones all over. That's the image in front. Someone else who doesn't have God will just get depressed, scared, horrified, will want to run from there. But Ezekiel was a man of God, a man of faith. So he's standing there because God didn't take him out of there. God brought him there. He's standing there. And God is telling this to Ezekiel, son of man, can these bones live? These bones that you're seeing here, can these bones live? You're looking at your hopeless situation. God is asking you this question. Put your name where it says son of man. Put your name there. And hear from God. But God is saying, can these bones, where bones are, replace that with whatever you're looking to God for? Can your son live? Can your daughter live? Can your marriage live? Can this kind of thing happen from God? That which you don't have. Can your body live? You may have an incurable disease. You may have something that has been tormenting you for too long. Or the relationship between you and your parents that has been completely destroyed by the enemy. Everything is gone. You don't have anything. Something that you're longing for that you don't have. God is looking to you this afternoon. He's asking, my son, my daughter, do you think that this can live? What is your answer? God is asking you this. Can this live? Can this live? Can this live? It could be your own soul. It could be your own mind. Can this live? Can this live? Maybe you're in a place where you say, I don't even know who I am. My whole personality is gone. I'm not the same person I used to be. Do you know what? Good news for you. God wants to make you into a brand new person. Because you don't want to be who you were before. God wants to take you into a better place. Do something new in you. What is your answer? Verse 3 says, So I answered, O Lord, God, you know. That should be our answer too. You know. You know why? Because he can do all things. God can do all things. That which looks impossible in your sight is possible with God. Say, Lord, you know all things. Lord, you can do all things. Again, he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, Oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones. Surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. God says, tell this. Ezekiel is saying to these dry bones what God wants him to say. These are not Ezekiel's own words. These are God's words. So he's saying, tell these bones, talk to these bones, tell the bones, hear the word of the Lord. Now, what should your circumstance hear? Not your words. Your circumstance should hear God's words. So when you look at your circumstance and your circumstance looks dead, the life of your daughter looks dead, the life of your son looks dead, Say that, okay, they have nothing to do with God. They have, they're far away from God. The life of their parents look dead. 
the life of your spouse looks dead or your marriage looks dead, whatever it is, whatever it may be, whatever looks dead in your life. And you may have multiple things that are dead. Doesn't matter. You can't say that, oh, well, I can't look at multiple things now because I should only focus on one. We have a big God, remember. If you have 10 things, you can go to God for all 10 things. But let the Lord work in your life. What did God tell Ezekiel to do? He said, look at these bones. How many bones were there? Many, many bones. But he spoke to all the bones at one time. What is he saying? Hear the word of the Lord. Only God's word has power to raise the dead. Only God's word can heal the sick. Only God's word can do the impossible. Only the word of God. Only God's word has power. See, our words can only go so far. It can cause damage. But to really give life, God's word alone can give life. Satan can steal, kill, and destroy, but he can't give life. Only God can give life. So in order for life to enter into that which looks dead, we need God's word. God's word. So our circumstances must hear God's word. That's where the prophecy is very important. The prophecy that's given by God, whether it's the beginning of the year or beginning of the month, whatever God has spoken to us, it's so important because those are God's words spoken to us and we need to take that word and speak over our circumstances. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. So now you're Speaking to a dead circumstance and you're saying, listen to the word of God. So what do you first bring in the picture? Not yourself. You're bringing God's word there and you're telling the bones, listen to the word of God. I'm speaking the word of God. And now you speak the word of God. When you speak the word of God, something will happen. So the first thing is God will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. So now you look at it. This is like another topic sentence. Where God is saying here, you are going to live, all of you. Now, how you're going to live is part by part, bit by bit, God is working here. I'm not going to read the whole thing. You can read on your own. As God told Ezekiel to speak, he's speaking. As he's speaking, something is happening. He's not looking at what's not done and getting horrified. Well, only this is accomplished, Lord. No. Every time something is accomplished, what's next? What's next? What's next? Eyes of faith is very important. Don't look at what's not done. And give in to frustration because that's what the enemy wants. Look at what's done and thank God and have eyes of faith for the other things that are not done. Saying that the very same God who has done this will do that also. Now you're going to speak God's word over your circumstance, not your own words. Our own words can do a lot of damage. Our own words really cannot give life. No matter how much we try to encourage a person, it's really not going to impart life because only God is the life giver. So it's important to speak words of blessings and words of God, which God has spoken over his people that God will give to you. You take that, you speak over yourself, speak over your spouse, speak over your education, speak over your family, speak over your marriage, speak over your children. Whatever God is specifically given, you need to take that and use that word over your people, your situation, whatever, you know, is tormenting you, your body, your sickness, whatever it is. Now, I'm just going to 
go to verse 7. So I prophesied as I was commanded and as I prophesied there was a noise and suddenly a rattling. So when Ezekiel did what God told him to do, see this is where the Holy Spirit was speaking during worship. My cooperation in my recovery, my cooperation in my restoration is very important. If Ezekiel wouldn't have done these things, then the result that he saw would have been absent. God could have used somebody else to do that. But Ezekiel would have missed that. So in order for me to become a partaker of what God has for me, I need to do what God has called me to do. When I do what God has called me to do, then I will have the privilege of seeing what God alone can do in my life, in my family, in my situation. Your involvement in your blessing is crucial. It doesn't happen automatically because it's about us and we need to be involved in it. If I have to get a degree, then I should study. I should go to school. I should do my assignments. Important. Without it, I won't get it. We know how to do that. If I need to get a paycheck, then I need to go to work. I need to be there on time. And I need to do what they've told me to do. I can go there on time. And but if I just go and, you know, go on social media or, you know, sit and read a newspaper or be on the phone all day long, I'll get fired. I won't get a paycheck. I'll get the opposite result. In our own recovery, in our own restoration that God has promised, it's there. But my cooperation is very important. I need to do what God has told me to do. When I do it, then I'm going to see the result. I will experience what God has told me to do because his word is true. That's why sometimes when God speaks, some people get the result of the prophecy and some don't. Why? Because some of them didn't believe, believe equals obey. Some of them were not worthy of seeing it come to pass because they did not do what God told them to do. If you look at the children of Israel, God told them through Moses that I'm going to take you to the promised land. Tell these people, I'm going to take them all to a land filled with milk and honey. Did it happen? Yes, it did happen. How many people? To how many people? Only two people. All the rest of them did not inherit the promised land. They all died in the wilderness. Does it mean that Moses didn't speak for God? No, he did. You see two people who entered in. The rest of them who did not. Why? Because the rest of them were not partakers in the blessings that God had given. You know why? Because they were not part of their process. That means while God wanted to do something, they were resisting the work of God by complaining and by murmuring. And because of unbelief, they were complaining and murmuring and they missed out on what God did. So they didn't enter in at all. God said, I'm not going to do it for you. That's it. Over. Because God was patient. But if we don't believe, we're not going to get it. It's like this. If a child comes and says, I need this. And when the parent says, I'm going to get it for you. But they say, I don't think you're going to get it. I don't think. You know what's going to happen? Yes, you're not going to get it. That's it. We need to have faith. 
When we come to God, we must come to God humbly. We must come to God like little children. Mommy, I need this. I know you're going to get it. And you know what they'll do the next time? Did you get it? Did you get it? Did you get it? You know why? Because they believe that mom will get it. When she goes to the store, she'll get it. Dad will get it when he goes to the store. They have faith. And that's why they say, did you get it? The first thing is like when the parent comes to the door, they come looking for what they asked for them to bring. Did you get, you know why? They had faith. Those don't have faith will say, I know they're not going to get it. It's not going to happen. When we say it's not going to happen, it's not going to happen. The truth is it will not happen because we have pronounced it over ourselves. What we speak matters. Always remember it matters. It makes a big difference. It makes all the difference. We need to be people who speak what God has spoken. Listen, you dry bones. This is what the Lord has said. And then speak what God has spoken to you about your circumstance. Whatever God has spoken to us in the beginning of the year. Whatever God has spoken during the fasting prayers. The prophecies, especially God has spoken. And the prophecies that you have received something. You know, we came for prayer. And God has spoken something over your life. Hold on to that. Speak those over your life. It's very important. You are active in your own process of restoration. If you are active in your own process of restoration, then you will see restoration. You will see your restoration come to pass. If you're active, if you're an active participant of your own restoration, if you're an active participant in your own restoration, then you're going to see your restoration come to pass. God will do it. But you need to be someone who's active in believing what God has spoken and doing what God has told you to do, which is speak it out, speak it out, speak it out. That's what God is telling you today. I'm not going to read the rest of the passage. You can read it on your own. We're going to stop right here as the Holy Spirit wants me to. Remember, it's important to keep watch over your mouth. So what you say, it's very important because it's going to determine what fruit you're going to bear in whatever area that you're speaking. Speak words of faith. Speak words of blessings over yourself. Speak words of blessings over your spouse. Speak words of blessings over your marriage. Speak words of blessings over your children. Speak words of blessings over your body. Speak words of blessings over what you're doing. Speak words of blessings over your job, what you're doing. Speak words of blessings over your spouse, whatever your spouse is doing, he or she. Or with the work of their hands. Speak words of blessings over your children, whatever they're doing. Speak words of blessings. Speak God's words. Very important. Speak what God has spoken to you. That's what God is telling you to do today. Believe the Lord and speak words of faith. The word of God that God has released over you. In short, whatever God has spoken to us on the first of this year, whatever God has spoken to us during the fasting prayer weeks, the prophecies that you've taken down, and the personal prophecies if you've received, you came for prayer. Take those things, whether it was uh, in the month of January, you know, when you all got laid hands, and prayed over, or you got prayed on the phone, or you got prayed um, whenever it was. Any personal prophecies God has spoken, take that, read it out loud over yourself, over your circumstances, whatever it is, and say to your circumstance, listen to what the Lord has said, and speak it out. Listen to what the Lord has said. Tell your body, your body, listen to what the Lord has said. Listen to the word of God, and speak the word of God over your situation. Speak the word of God over your child. Speak the word of God over your financial situation. Speak the word. Whatever looks dead in your life, whatever looks impossible in your life, change the way you speak. And that will come from changing the way how you think. That's what the Bible says. 
But the renewing of your mind, your mind gets transformed. Your whole life will change. When you begin to think like how God thinks, when you begin to speak like how God speaks, you're going to produce results like how God produces. Because it is the Spirit of Christ who lives inside of you. And you need to use that, make use of that. See, we have electricity all over. You need to have wiring and everything. And you need your supplier to turn it on, right? You can have everything turned on, but if you don't turn the switch on, you'll be sitting in the dark. Many people are like that. They have Jesus inside of them. They've given their life over to Jesus. But you know what? That faith is not there. They just sit and say, oh, it's dark, it's dark, it's dark, it's dark, it's dark. Okay, it's dark. Do something about it. Tell yourself today, I'm going to be someone who will do something about my situation. I'm going to be the person who brings about change in my life, in my family. Not in an arrogant way, but in a humble way. Because I know my Redeemer lives. I know that God is for me. I know God will do it for me. This is God's promise that God is giving to us. Whatever your situation, whatever looks impossible, whether it's your parents, whether it's your children, whether it's your marriage, whether it's your finances, whether it's your education, whether it's your health, whether it's your loved one's health, whatever it is, you have the power through Christ to change, to do something about your situation. Take the word of God that God has spoken and tell your situation, you, situation, listen to the word of God. You may look like, what am I doing? But you know what? Once you see the result, you're going to begin to do consistently because you know this works. God's word works. His word works all the time, all the time, all the time. May the Spirit of God take this eternal principle, powerful principle, and make it a reality in your life. If you just know how to operate in the word of God through the Spirit of God. If you will just know how to do with things God's way, then you'll see the results. I want to say one last thing before I finish. Ezekiel was a righteous man of God. This kind of a lifestyle and this kind of a living will only work for those who walk with God and live with God. Which means, my words are important. What I speak is important. No foul language should come outside of my mouth. What I see is important. What I give my body over to is important. No substance abuse should be there. No immorality should be there. You must be faithful to your spouse. Pornography shouldn't be there. Lewd talk and flirting shouldn't be there. Your body should be a temple of God so that the Spirit of God can take you and work through you. Very important. No gossip, slander, lying should be there. Cannot work. The Bible says the Spirit of God and the Spirit of the devil cannot operate together at the same time. It is important to say, Lord, I surrender everything. Lord, I give myself over to you. No sarcastic jokes at the expense of someone should be there. No putting down someone should be there. Be an encourager. If you're not able to tell the Lord, Lord, I want to change. Help me, help me, help me, Jesus. And Jesus will help you. God wants to transform your life. God wants to take the dry bones in your own life first and make it into something that was never there to begin with. God wants to do a mighty work of restoration, a glorious work of restoration, a grand work of restoration in your life. When you surrender yourself to the Lord, 
you'll have the power of God's word that'll work in your life. That when you speak God's word over your circumstances, it is bound to work. One step at a time. Understand? One step at a time. One step at a time. When you're taking that first step, when you're taking the step, second step, thank God for every step that God is causing you to take and say, this is good. This is good. This is good. And then go to the next step by faith. The Lord who helped me to take these steps will help me to take this step also. The Lord who's bringing a change in my spouse's life. The Lord is bringing a change in my father's life or mother's life or children's life or whatever your situation is or in your own health. You're feeling that you're getting a little better. Thank God for that. Don't look at the rest of the symptoms and say, well, I'm still sick. I'm still sick. Well, you cannot live in denial and saying that I'm fully well if you're still sick. But don't focus on that sickness. Yes, you can still be sick. But are you getting better? Thank God for that. And then with the eyes of faith, look at the areas that you're still sick and speak the word of God. It's important. It's important because God does things in stages many times. And he'll teach you as he takes you through a path. And it's important for you to grow in that process. Not miss out on what God is doing. Whatever is not done. If you look at it, you have to look at it to see how you can change it by using God's word. And not in a depressing way. Because the devil will make you look at it in a negative way. Oh boy, I have so much. This is never going to change. When you hear that voice in your ear, in your head, say, Satan, get out in Jesus' name. This will change. My dad will change. My mom will change. Or my spouse will change. Or I will change. My kids will change. You need to speak words of faith, which is the word of God. We can't just simply tell our own things. Say what God has said. That's the only thing that will work. God's word will work. God's word will work. When you speak God's word, Speak it over yourself and over your situation. It's bound to produce something that was never there to begin with. So what happens here to these bones that were disintegrated? In short, God brought them back to life through Ezekiel. And they became a mighty army. That was not there before. We don't even know who they were. We knew, we know that they were all dead. So that means something happened. They didn't have any power before to overcome their circumstances. But God is restoring them to a place that they were never there before. They became a mighty army, mighty army. They were not a mighty army before. So God not only took them out of their state of death, restored them into human beings, but he restored them into a mighty army, an army that never existed before. This is the promise, this is the prophecy God has given to our church, to each one of you who will take it. God wants to do a work of restoration, and God has, God has begun this, this year. But you want to look at what God has done, and go for what else needs to be done, by simply taking what God has spoken, and speaking it over a situation. God will give to you that which you never had before. God will bring life into your situation. Take it to a place where it was never there before. Shall we close our eyes and look to the Lord? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In order for the miracle working power of the Lord and the word of the Lord to take place, we need the spirit of God to work. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You need to tell the Lord, oh, Holy Spirit, work in me. 
Holy Spirit work in my family. Holy Spirit work in my finances. Holy Spirit work in my children. Holy Spirit work in my spouse. Holy Spirit work in my father or mother or whoever it is. Holy Spirit. Breathe your living breath. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The dry bones shall rise at the sound of thy voice. The dry bones shall rise at the sound of thy voice. The dry bones shall rise as a
sing this one more time. Whatever situation looks dry and brittle and gone, dead and gone completely, bring it before God. As God looked at Ezekiel, God is looking at you. He's looking at your face today and He's asking you, Do you believe that God can do a miracle for you? Do you see how your situation is? Do you believe that God can do a miracle for you? What is your answer going to be? Are you able to say, oh God, I know you can. That's why I've come to you. I know you can. Spirit, breathe upon my circumstance. I'm going to take your word and I'm going to speak all my circumstance every day.
blesses us and he breathes living breath upon us and he changes our situation hallelujah he changes us we become a blessing to god we're going to sing this last song before we conclude lord let me be your blessing let me be your blessing let me be your blessing to you so breathe on me lord Thank you for being the God of the impossible. There's nothing that my God cannot do. Hallelujah. There's nothing that my God cannot do. Hallelujah. Open your mouth and say, there's nothing that my God cannot do. Make him your God. Hallelujah. There's nothing that my God cannot do. Hallelujah. <coughs> there's nothing that my God cannot do. There's nothing that my God cannot do. Open your mouth and say, wherever you are. There's nothing that my God cannot do. There's nothing that my God cannot do. Hallelujah. There's nothing that my God cannot do. Hallelujah. If God can take that which was without form, which was void and which was dark, we had nothing in it. God can do a mighty wonder. 
step by step by step by step. Hallelujah. And he thoroughly enjoyed every step of the way. We too must be like that. Thoroughly enjoy every step of the way. Whatever God is doing, not look at what is not done, but look at what is done. Hallelujah. And look at what is not done with eyes of faith, knowing that what God did for me in this era, he will also do it here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He is my God. He is my God. He is my God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's nothing that my God cannot do. Tell you son. There's nothing my God cannot do. The God of Ezekiel is your God. Hallelujah. Walk with him like how Ezekiel did and see what God will do for you in your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you Jesus. Give yourself over to the Lord. Give your tongue over to the Lord. Give your mouth over to the Lord and tell the Lord, Lord, I will not speak words of unbelief. Help me, Jesus. Tell the Lord, Lord, I want to speak your words, your words, your promises over my life and over the life of my loved ones. Lord, and I'm going to look forward to seeing the work of restoration that you have promised, oh Lord. Hallelujah. There's nothing that my God cannot do. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, thank you, Lord, for this time. Thank you for being with us at this hour. Thank you for blessing us. Thank you for visiting us in a special way. Thank you for pouring your grace upon us, O Lord. Thank you for delivering your word to each one of us. What you have spoken is for every single person who heard today, because this is your word for every single one who is here. Oh Lord, help us to be partakers of what you have delivered to us by simply doing what you're calling us to do. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let your work of transformation continue to take place in the lives of your people. I break every chain in Jesus' name. Every chain be broken in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. Let faith arise in the hearts of your people, Lord. Let faith arise in the hearts of your people. Do a miracle for every single person here, Father, in the name of Jesus. Touch everyone, Father, in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. May they see their circumstances through the eyes of faith, through the eyes of God. Thank you, Father. Thank you for all that you've done this afternoon. We praise you. What the enemy meant for evil, you turned it for our good. Thank you for giving us a good service, Lord. A God service, Lord. Hallelujah. Full of the presence of God. Thank you, Jesus, in giving us this technology so that we may be able to be together here in the presence of God as one body, as one voice before our one king, as one family in the family of God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. 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 Take a few moments and open your mouth and thank the Lord for his word. Open your mouth and thank the Lord for what God has done this afternoon. Thank the Lord for the faith that God has imparted into you. Thank the Lord for the word that God has delivered to you. Thank the Lord for what God is going to do in your life. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Everything that is broken, you are here to fix, Father, and bring it to a brand new state. A state that was never there before. Hallelujah. Whatever shattered you are here, Father, to restore it, restore it to a place. Oh, it was never there before. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You're here to create and to recreate something far superior 
through the supernatural working of the Holy Spirit. And we thank you through our eyes of faith, we see what our God is about to do. And we thank you for what we are seeing already, Lord. And we give you glory. We give you glory. We will give you glory. Hallelujah. We will not listen to the voice of the enemy. We will not give room for the enemy. We will reject every voice that comes from Satan. Every thought. Every doubt. Every unbelief. We will cast it down through the word of God. And focus on what God has spoken. Thank you, Father. So that your word can fulfill what God has released to each one of us. We thank you. We praise you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I pray that you'll bless this new week, Father. For every single person, every single person, including every child that is here. Oh, Father, bless this week, oh Lord. Protect your people, Father. Cover them with your precious blood, I pray. From all the attacks of the enemy, protect your people, Lord, in Jesus' name. Deliver them from the hands of the enemy. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Oh, Father, all through this week, I pray. May the Spirit of the living God cover them in Jesus' name, in the name of Jesus. As your servant standing in the presence of God, before the throne of God, according to the power and authority given to me by the Almighty God, I bless your people with the blessing that you alone can bless them with. Oh, Father, that this week may be a week of peace and joy. That they may have the strength to speak to the circumstances, the words of God, the Spirit of God, that the Spirit of God may inspire them, oh Father, to speak what you have spoken into their lives today upon these circumstances on a consistent basis. And thank you for doing this. May they see the fruit of what you have promised them this day, the beginning of the year, the beginning of January, the beginning of February, and all through these past two months. Every word that you have released May it become your people's, O Lord, in Jesus' name. May they inherit it, O Father, in Jesus' name. This blessing, O Lord, may rest upon your people. For this I ask, in Jesus' name. Amen.